This is not just a sermon, neither is it just a teaching. You're about to hear a message from God that will empower and equip you and cause you to excel in life here on earth and in eternity in heaven. Get ready for a transformation by the Word of God through His daughter, Pastor Fumi Obilana. Good morning, church. How many of us are glad to be in God's house today? It's just been an amazing summer for all of us. Let's just go ahead and celebrate the goodness of God over this house. God has truly, truly been good to us. Praise God. Today we are looking at the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Second Samuel 11, verse 1. We, that was the passage we read this morning. Many of us are familiar with that story. It's the story of David who... David was the king of Israel at that time. Um, it was a season when kings go to war. In those days, you had to acquire more territory. The bigger your territory, the more powerful you were as a king. And so, you know, it was the season when um, kings would go to war to increase their territory, to increase their influence. Now, if you were at the GLS, the theme for GLS this year was everybody has influence. So the way the kings increased their influence was to acquire territories, and the way they acquired territories was to acquire, was to, to go out, wage war, conquer additional territories and add them to their kingdom. So this particular season, um, that was what David was supposed to do, but David did not go. Um, David was at home. Um, his war generals went out to do what he was supposed to do. And in the process of that, um, David saw a woman bathing. Now, when you are bathing, of course, you are naked. All right. Then you don't bathe with your clothes on. So he, so he was looking at this naked woman, and she was beautiful. Um, cut a long story short, um, he was tempted. Um, so it went into us because our eye gates can lead us into temptation. What you see, that's why you have to be careful about what you see. That is why we talk to, we, we say to ladies, don't dress provocatively. Don't dress, you know, don't, don't, don't show everything. Because when people see, they get tempted. David was tempted because this woman's stuff was all out. And at the end of the day, he committed adultery with her. Well, we said this morning that when we sow, we reap. Some people sowed prayers, look at what we have reaped. In this case, David sowed adultery. The woman got pregnant. And um, one thing followed the other. From adultery, David went to um, conspiracy to murder and actually murdering because David did not want what he had done to be exposed. When you sin, you try to cover it up. In the process of that, his way of covering up his sin was to kill the husband of the woman. Plotted to have her killed. Got her killed. And thought that everything was now okay. I want to announce to somebody in the house today. You can't cover up sin. Sooner or later sin will be exposed. Because there's a God in heaven who sees even when nobody sees. But the good news I have for you also is that he's the God that forgives. So instead of covering up, confess. And let him forgive. So let's turn our Bibles now to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 
Because God sees all things, even the things done in secret. The Lord saw the wickedness that David had done. And the Lord sent a message to David. He sent Nathan, the prophet, to David. And Nathan came to David. 2 Samuel 12, verse 1. He said to him, now the prophet is saying to David the king, giving him a parable. There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamp. which he had bought, and he brought it up, and it grew with him and with his children. It used to eat of his muscle and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamp and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Verse 8. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. I'm using the ESV, so if I have it... Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to do what? Last verse. The next verse. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Now, I want us to understand. That God is saying to him, go and tell David that David has committed sin. Do you think it was easy for Nathan to go and tell the king this? With all the anointing that Nathan carried... You know, many times in church when we correct people or we... We, we, um, we counsel with people. It's not easy. The work of a pastor is not an easy one. You think, how many of us like spanking our children when they misbehave? Do you, like, do you enjoy it? Who does it hurt more, the child or you? I mean, for good parents, I'm not talking about the parents who abuse their children. Because that's, another, that's a summer for another day. You know? But what the thing is, people take it to another dimension and abuse children. No. Because godly discipline will raise godly children. So we are looking at difficult conversations. This is the third in our series, The Voice. And we are looking at the elephants in the room. Now, if you look at the declaration of independence of this nation, it says, we hold this truth to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and so on and so forth. Let's go back to the beginning. 
We hold this truth to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That's the Americans. That's this nation's declaration on which the values and the goals of this country are expressed. Everything in creation has a voice. Everything. I told you that last week. God speaks to and also speaks through his creation. I told you last week. I said I got home, my plants were talking to me that nobody cared for us while you were away. Everything in creation speaks. Everything in creation speaks. Because everything in creation speaks, because God has given everything in creation a voice, the voice we have is an inalienable right to expression. And that's what the Constitution says. It says that everyone in this nation are endowed by their creator with some unalienable rights. That's why we have the freedom of speech. The voice is a divine gift from God. The right to speak is an inalienable right given by God. We have a right to speak and a right to be heard. It is part of the very essence of a living thing. So, if we want to get ready for a breakthrough, because we are always looking for breakthroughs, we want things to get better for us, we want to move forward, we want to get to higher heights, we want to do new things. If we are going to change situations, we must begin to have some very difficult conversations. If we are looking for breakthroughs, because the mere word breakthrough means that you have to break through a limit. You have to break through something. So if we want a breakthrough, there are some, there are some barriers that we must break. There are some things that we need to seize hold of. One of the primary ways in which we can get to a place of breakthrough is by being able to express ourselves. I've told us over and over again, growing up, one of my father's most favorite sayings was the inability to be able to speak in certain situations is the beginning of a destroyed life. And that's why I talk. That's why sometimes, you know, if nobody says something, I will say something. Because if I don't say something, things are going to be ruined. So there are situations and circumstances where you must not keep quiet, where truth needs to be told. And you must be the voice that speaks that truth. So if we are going to get ready for a breakthrough, we need to open up and begin to talk. Parents need to listen to their children. Children need to listen to and honor their parents. 
husbands and wives need to open up and talk. Wives need to be able to talk to their husbands. Husbands need to be able to talk to their wives. The employer needs to be able to talk to the employee. The employee needs to be able to talk to the employer. Brethren in church need to be able to talk to each other. The pastor needs to be able to talk to the congregation. The congregation needs to be able to talk to the pastor. And so forth and so on. Even God invites us to dialogue. God said, come, let us reason together. Imagine, God is saying, come, let us sit down. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a, 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 a reasonable conversation. Let's talk this matter over. So if God can invite human beings to dialogue, then human beings need to be able to dialogue among themselves. In Isaiah 41, 21, God says, present your case to me. Present your case. Argue your case. Advocate your case. Submit your arguments. Isaiah 43, 26, God says, remind me, let us argue the matter together. State your case so that you may be vindicated. So if even God is asking us to come and have a dialogue, then we need to be able to talk with each other. How do we lay a foundation of being able to talk with each other? How? Because the liberty to be able to express ourselves may be abused. The fact that you have a voice and you need to be able to speak what is in your mind, and I want to use the Choose my words carefully. It's not so much speaking what is in your mind. It's saying what needs to be said. Because what is in your mind may not need to be said. What is in your mind may not need to be said. But there are some things that need to be said and must be said. How do we say the things that need to be said? Because we are talking about the elephant in the room and I'm going to get there in a minute. But so that you will be able to deal with the elephants in the room with your very, in your various conversations and various relationships. You have to be able to talk with God first. You have to be able to talk with God first. You must have an ongoing conversation with God. You must be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because when you are able to talk to God first, when you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, then you will be able to talk to yourself. Many of us are not talking to ourselves. We, can't, we talk to every other person. We see what is going on in every other person's life. We, are, we don't see what is going on in our life. We can see the, we can see the, 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 the mole in other people's eyes. We can't see the log in our eyes. You have to be able to talk to God. Because when you are able to talk to God, things fall into perspective. And then you can talk to yourself. And deal with yourself. And have a conversation with yourself. And call out the elephants in the room in yourself. And then after you have been able to talk to yourself, now you have the right to talk to other people. You Everything needs to be in order. 
Our first conversation is with God. Our next conversation is with self. We, we have to be honest with ourselves. And then the next conversation can be with others and we will be truthful. Perspectives are critical to how we process. And when we submit our perspectives to God by his Holy Spirit, every other thing including our emotion fall into place. If, only we go, if we go only by our perception, our perception may be wrong. And if our perception is wrong, our conclusions will be wrong. So we will have to be right with God first. Then we are right with ourselves. And then we are right with others. In our, in our, in our, um, in our generation today, people have resorted to bullying. Bullying in school. Bullies have always been in the schoolyard. But today, it's, it, it, because of social media, it has taken another dimension. It has become... Re because before, if you were bullied, it's in your little area, in your school, in your home. But now, the bullying is worldwide. I mean, once it's online, everybody has the say-so in your life. Why are we... Why have we resorted to bullying? Why? Parents are bullying their children. It's my way or the highway. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Children are bullying their, their parents. I was looking at my grandson. He's not even a year. I don't know what's happened. He just threw his head back like this. When did that one start? In Jesus' name. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of attitude is that? Have you seen the children in, 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 in stores? They pick up the candy, the mom says, put it back. They are falling apart, they are throwing their arms, they are flaying their arms, they are making a scene. And Teresa asked, my, it's so cute. <laughs> it's not cute. You better begin. Hey, Satan, get out of, get out now. Don't, don't, it's not normal behavior. Tantrums are not normal behavior for children of God. Is that the spirit of God in action? When a child is throwing a tantrum? If, if the Holy Spirit is in control of a child, the child is not going to throw a tantrum. And children, babies are not too young to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Whatever you will not tolerate, don't even, the minute you see the sign of it, you deal with it right there. The reason why we have the, all this kind of behaviors is simply because we are being careless as Christians. We are being careless. You have to nip it in the bud. And that's why. Are my children in here? They are not. Okay. The last time I went to the house, the mother walked up. The boy just said, I placed my hands on him. Shut up in Jesus' name. 
end up, hey, what is that? No. No. You have to take authority. Take authority, please. We have to correct our children and take authority over every contrary power. Our children are not demon-possessed, but we will not even give the devil a place in their life. We go on the defensive. We go on the defensive. They were talking about thinking um, about angelic voices now. Our children should have angelic voices, not tantrums. We we reject all that nonsense in Jesus' name. We are different. In our home, we must arrest every spirit that is not of God. Don't allow them to come into your house. And if they're sneaking, throw them out. Matthew 15, 35. The good man brings good things out of his good store of treasure. And the evil man brings evil things out of his evil store of treasure. Colossians 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Can we have a civilized, Christ-like, courteous conversation? Can we? Can we be civilized? Can we have a courteous conversation, a cordial conversation? Can we have a Christ-like conversation? We We are children of God. We are children of God. We are what? We are children of God. We, we have differences. We don't shout at each other. Are we listening? You and your husband may quarrel. You, you don't shout at each other. Amen? You and your wife may quarrel. You do not shout at each other. Are we listening? Can we have a civilized conversation? Can we have a Christ-like conversation in this, in this home, in this family, in this church, in this workplace? Here we are shouting at each other, screaming at each other, handling each other, grabbing each other, beating up each other. And the children are hiding in a corner and they are trembling. My parents are going to divorce. My parents are going to divorce. Those children are traumatized. And then they get to school. And the way they settle scores in school is to shout at their their classmates because... At home, that's how we settle quarrels. That's, that, that's what we do in our house. So they get to school, they do the same thing. And then when they get really angry, they go back home and they bring a gun. Because the last time that mom and dad fought at home, dad told mom, I'm going to blow out your brains one day. And we call our 
ourselves Christians, even though we don't say we will blow our heads off one day, we, we are shouting and screaming at home. And our children are traumatized. Can we, can we call out the elephant in the room? And then we have all these children running around acting crazy, taking child from one therapy to another therapy to another therapy to another therapy. Why can't you? Why can't you just live the way Christ asked you to live? Shouting is not going to solve the problem. Those of us who have quarreled, those of us, is there anybody here who hasn't fought with somebody? Put up your hand. Now, for all of us who have quarreled with one person at one time or the other, was it the shouting that resolved the problem? How was the problem finally resolved? When you came back from your insanity and you sobered and you became reasonable, and you sat down and you talked like human beings and not animals. This is not the jungle. When you sit down and you talk things over. And everybody has a right to talk. I taught you the 15 minute rule many about two, three years ago, didn't I? I said, give each other 15 minutes. Let that person say anything they like. Anything they like. It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Give them 15 minutes. Let them have. It's their, it's their inalienable right. God gave them a voice. Everything in creation has a voice. Let them talk. Let that person talk. Don't shout them down. And then after you take your own 15 minutes and talk. The reason why we are having problems in our various homes is because we are afraid to express our, ourselves. If, 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 if a wife says, look, honey or, or sweetie or, or coffee or chocolate, whatever, whatever you call him. <laughs> or babe. And the good, things about, the good thing about those things is, have you noticed that when you are saying, you never say, honey, you are stupid. When you want to say you are stupid, you call them by their real name. <laughs> or you call them by another word. <laughs> I won't even mention that word here. So actually having a, 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 um, a, a pet's adoring word for your spouse might be a good thing. Because there's no way you are going to say, darling, you are crazy. <laughs> you know. But, you know, when we can't express ourselves because we are afraid, there are some relationships where the minute you disagree with what that person is saying, all hell breaks loose. He's, he's shouting, she's shouting, she's screaming, she's, she, you know. Hey. And so the other spouse, for peace sake, will keep quiet and not talk. Will not say anything anymore. So that other spouse now becomes the dominant one and the bullying one. So there's peace in the house because there's a bully in the house. 
There's peace in the house because there's a bully in the house. Can we, can we be Christians? Y'all quiet? God wants to heal us. God wants to restore us. God wants us to live in peace. God wants us to have happy homes. God wants us to raise children who are blessed, who are happy. God wants us to raise children who will take over the world for him. Can we be those people? We want to call out the elephant in the room. The important discussions are the difficult discussions. The easy ones are the ones we have every day. Hey, yesterday we were at a, me a wedding. We were laughing. We were, you know, everybody was happy. We had on our uniform. We had on our whatever. You know, those are easy. But the important conversations, we never get to them because they are difficult. And we must get to the difficult conversations. Do you know that there are families where the man is abusing the children and the wife will not talk? He will, she will not talk. Why? And the whole family knows. And the whole family keeps quiet. Can, can we call out the elephant in the room? Discussions are the difficult discussions. They are critically important and we must deal with them. This was in a church. I'm not talking about, it wasn't Living Spring. The man is a leader in the church. He's sleeping with his own children. Their mother knows. Some people in church know. But what of the elephant in your own house? It may not be that somebody is sleeping with somebody they are not supposed to sleep with. Jesus asked Simon Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him a second time. Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him a third time. Peter, do you love me? He said, Master, you know I love you. Jesus was calling out the elephant in the room. Remember, Peter had denied Jesus. Jesus wasn't going to act as if everything is okay and all right. He put him on the spot. You betrayed me once, Peter. Are you going to betray me again? And Peter knew what the Lord was asking. And he was grieved in his spirit. But Peter and the Lord Jesus needed to have that conversation. Somebody hurt you. Somebody betrayed you. You need to, you need to have, you cannot act as if 
you know it's all right. Because all that you are doing is you are just covering it. We have to call out the elephants in the room. In our homes, in our families, we have to call out the elephants. Sit down and deal with the issue. And if it is something that you cannot handle, go to somebody who can handle it for you. Are we listening? Uncontrollable anger. Uncontrollable sexual drives. Uncontrollable appetites. Can I call out another elephant before we close? Somebody looks at you and says that you look sexy. Sexy, looking sexy is not a compliment. Looking sexy is not a compliment. You look beautiful is good. I look, I look beautiful is good. I, I'm looking lovely is good. I'm looking sexy is not good. You are looking sexy for what? What are you looking sexy for? If somebody on the street tells you you look sexy, it's they, they are saying they want to sleep with you. And these days, if a woman tells a woman that they are looking sexy, they want to sleep with them. Yeah? Or a man tells a woman, that's what it is. My Bible tells me that Sarah was beautiful. It didn't say that Sarah was sexy. Esther was beautiful. Didn't say that Esther was sexy. I can't finish this sermon today. I still have a lot. But one thing I want us to do is to get to a place where we can deal with situations honestly, truthfully, and with boldness. Let the truth be told. hope you were blessed by this message. For more messages and information about the church, please visit us at www.rccglivingspring.org.